Warning, the following podcast may contain foul language, offensive humor, and other juvenile behaviors. If you find these things offensive, stop listening now. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for 40 strings. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene and complaints. We got ourselves a game con, our games after fun. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 7 of Happy Jack Sharpshoot Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Stork. I'm Tim. Uh, we have a game convention coming up September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Yay! Booyah! That's right around the is corner. Right? I think that's right. Yeah. At the Hilton at LAX. Mm. Oh, that is right around the corner. It is? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it oh, is. time, man. I'm, I have a game already. I'm so excited. So I already did it, and I've run really? half of it. That's like this is like a record. You were like way ahead of the curve this time. Well, it's because I the did night it, before. No, I did it for JackerCon. That's why. Uh, ah. So I'm finishing that that game tonight with uh, my my online group, and then I'll have a game for. It's amazing. How is that online thing working out for you? I actually really enjoy it. I was really nervous yeah. um, the first when I ran <laughs> the first part of it during actual JackerCon, um, and some of the mechanics I came up with that I think would go very quickly in an in a con game didn't go quite as quickly. Mm. Um, I had some customization of character sheets and stuff that they did, but um, I failed to calculate in the time it would take for them to relay back their changes for me and then me to change them on my character sheets for them. Mm. And that stuff where in a con, I can hand them out and say, hey, change it on both your sheet and my sheet and then hand it back to me. And it would yeah. take 10 minutes. To who's who's in your uh, group, can you say? Oh, yeah. Let's see. We've got... I don't know, actually. And, and, do, you, <laughs> and do you know the global... Dis- uh, the uh, Yes, we have um, one in London. We have two on the East Coast, I believe, Florida. And then one is in our time zone, but higher north. And I don't know. I I know their real names. I don't know if they want me to use their real names. And I don't remember their handles. All right. Don't. But you you can log in tonight if you want. um, If you go to the JackerCon event page or event, whatever it is. The The lobby. Yeah, the lobby. Thank you. Um, Yeah. There is an event there. You can't play in the game unless you were in the first half, but you can watch. And I'm probably not going to record it because I can't. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. You know, I tried <laughs> figuring out how to do Hangouts on Air for games that I've run. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I, it's it's not simple. <clears throat> no. No, it's not. Well, and I have to switch it, too, because I used, like, my real personal email address. Right. And I'm like, you know, I don't really want possible employers to be seeing, like, oh, let's see. Oh, click. Oh, look at that. She ran it. Why is she cussing at these people she doesn't know from all over the world? Why are they pretending to be mech suit crazy people murdering vampires? I don't understand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it over to my more my other personal account that's more, like, fun. And then maybe I'll post them. Yeah, I'm a computer programmer. I couldn't figure that out. Stupid hangouts on It's here. not easy. I know. <laughs> Stu was... Uh, Although now Stu that you know how to do it, you can set it up when you are sub for me when we do the show. Sure. Yeah. No, but she doesn't know how to do it. That's the problem. She couldn't figure out how to set it up. But it oh. autom- once your account does it, it does it automatically. You have an option to do it. I just have to set my account up to do that. Because you can set hangout. You can create a hangout event. Um, and if your account allows it, then you can do an on-air hangout event. But my account yeah. doesn't allow it. The, so once you do it, it's fairly easy. The, so I don't remember to, how there was some. I had to like apply to do to have an on-air account. Yeah. 
I think you have to, yeah. Uh, maybe that's what I missed. Permission, yeah. And didn't you have to do it in a certain <clears throat> order? You have to turn things on in a certain order. If you skip oh, yes. a step, it, it doesn't work either. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And then uh, the added thing with all the extra cameras in here, there's another program that runs on top of that, which doesn't like to behave. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, whoever it is that writes that program updates it every three months. And it's like a whole number update. And we need more money. $39 again, please. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> anyway, um, in this episode, oh, first off, did, any, did anyone come up with a tip? Do we have a tip? I, I did, actually. Stork has a tip. You know what's interesting? The, the, tip, the tip actually comes out of rehearsal, which was at my house the other day. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, because I, I, I have more input because it was at my house, I felt uh, more comfortable talking about uh, things that might have been wrong with the song stuff. Right. And it occurred to me that if you are a GM, you might want to consider actually just hosting it at your house where you are more comfortable and all your stuff is. I think you will run a better quality game. I think the people, because they are in your space, will listen to you and behave better as opposed to you going to somebody else's place and then they start to misbehave because it's not your home ground. It's a weird territorial turf thing that I kind of mm -hmm. noticed. And I have a feeling that as a GM, you will have a, you'll have a better time doing it at your place. You don't know because you've never really done it anyplace else other than here. I used to do it. I used to run games at... Uh, uh, the dormitories at Cal State Long Beach, and I did not live there. Um, that was in the early days of role playing, when yeah. I had four GURPS books and a bag of dice. Yeah, and that's and, and if, if there's nothing to forget mm -hmm. today, running three different games and all the various things you need for all of them and all of that other stuff. My co big concern about doing a game at someone else's house would be that I'd forget something. I yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that kind of ties in with that is you're kind of throwing a party, so get some chips, get some beer, whatever. Don't just expect your players to show up to you know make them comfortable because right. if you make them comfortable and welcome them, they will have a better time. They'll relax. It's you're throwing a party basically, a little mini party. It like, is. It's, yeah. Whether it's, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is a social thing. It's not not to say that you need to buy everything for everybody, but you know buy buy a, a couple of liters of soda and some chips or mm -hmm. whatever it is and and then you know everybody else will contribute as well but or some I, wine and cheese yeah whatever or, it is i think that that puts everybody on an even playing field and it, and it puts the gm kind of and it's like this is my space i'm in control and you know, when yeah. you go visit somebody else's house they're the host you you abide by their rules absolutely and I think that, absolutely. that works in a weird psychological way with, with gming for most people or for most people <laughs> Or cook up a huge sirloin tip, because that was awesome. That was, huh? That yeah. was good. I still have a little bit of that left, and it makes really good roast beef. Oh. Yeah. And oh. French dip sandwiches, I bet. I too. bet, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I made some au jus and got oh. some because French right. rolls. I know. <gasps> there you go. There was my tip. Yay, tip. Yay yeah. for tips. <laughs> I'll try to come up with a, a thing for the tip of the week. Unless you think that was just fine for me. We've lost that. It was so long ago. Huh? We've lost that sound effect. I've lost a lot of sound effects. I think I still have the news one. But it's me doing that. It was the Morse code. Did you actually like figure something out like and then it had like a and it was me doing like three part so it was just like the which sounds like the dad from family guy 
Um, okay. Uh, Rusano asks about indoctrinating newcomers. Gaming horror story follow-up from Joe. Sergeant Dan tells us about his Drucon game. Kenigma writes in about the weight of money. And Dave asks us to mention that he's joined a group that raises money for extralife.org. Yes. Does, it, does it weigh, though? I mean, is the money that he's raising, like, heavily? <laughs> weigh heavily <laughs> upon him? Yes. No, so, he just uses the ninth level spell, raise money. It's real easy. Uh, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We, we have a Twitter account if you want like the tweeters. And that's happyjacksrpg, all one word. Voicemail, 626-629-8RPG. That's 626-629-8RPG. And before we start with the email, I'm going to check because yeah. I believe there is a voicemail. It's like fishing. We want to see if we caught something. Did we oh, catch you know anything in our crap? Let me track? not do it from here. Let me do it from the soundboard. Right. Otherwise, it'll go. Well, maybe. What it'll really do is the people who are listening live won't be able to hear it. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I just need to find that thing. All right. Of all the buttons and all the real estate, <laughs> all the screens and all of the world, that's the one I need. Right. Human, why, why is Human Centipede 2 still up? Jesus. I thought I'd get rid of that thing. Feed it. Voice.google.com. There we go. I should have had this before. Sorry. Uh, inbox. There it is. Will it let me play it from there? Oh, uh, yeah. You probably have to download it. Bam! There we go. Oh, what? Hello, Happy Jackers. Just wanted to let you know that, yes, we do love you. Listening to your most recent episode, and notice you didn't have anything in your voicemail box, so I thought I would leave you a little gift. <laughs> <laughs> Just started listening recently and have loved every minute of the RPG podcast and the actual plays. Keep up the awesome work. Signing off, Steve in Atlanta. Oh, that's it? All right. Well, Thank you, no. Steve in Atlanta. Aww, it was love. I like that. Thanks, Steve. Yay that's... for Steve. Love works. Yeah, it's okay. It's nice to know we're not just voices crying in the wilderness. You know, yeah. we just get together, we drink beer, and we wonder if anybody voices even crying. I, for half, I'm in the forest for like the first three years. I figured Stu was writing the his own emails so that we could answer them, and it turns out there's actually people out there. It's like, they you like know, us. They really like us. <laughs> like, like, I remember I being crushed finding out Penthouse Forum was written in-house by a bunch of people that were there. They would write in all these letters. I know, right? <laughs> All uh, right. Uh, uh, indoctrinating newbies from Usano. Hello. Oh, yeah. go, you, ahead. Oh, you go, go ahead. Okay. I'll go get a Diet Coke. All right. Hello, oh. Stu and crew. This is Rosano. Uh, I'm going to skip his last name. I don't know if that's his actual last name. But anyway, once again, with a hopefully interesting topic based on a recent experience of mine. A player on my crew has taken up the mantle of GM once more and recruited a few of their coworkers into a game. They asked me to be their plant in the audience and a mentor of sorts to these folks who haven't ever role-played before, or at best, dabbled in the hobby back in the 80s boom times. My friend even relayed a story about how one of the villains physically abused his subordinate in front of the party, and a good aligned character stepped forth to try and heal the evil minion, meant, of course, to illustrate just how new these folks were to the hobby. In the spirit of supporting the GM uh, coming out of retirement, and sensing much fun to be had, I agreed. The session went well. We spent time, uh, some time getting to know each other, setting up characters, and the earliest in, 
introductory arcs that we set, uh, that would set off the rest of the module. That night at camp, we were ambushed by a few kobolds, and we uh, and we managed to capture one. It turned into the classic RPG prisoner problem. One person wanted to gather information from the captive, but another wanted to kill them. Sometimes that's actually how you get information. <laughs> Oftentimes you end up torturing them, so then they die, and yeah, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> and then murder hobo murder circle hobo. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> one language barrier later, and violence won out. <laughs> Uh, out of character, I pointed out the opportunity for gathering in information by looting the body, something these neophytes <coughs> didn't know about. But alas, the bodies were gone, so the opportunity to, for loot was lost. However, wait, wait, how could the bodies? Where'd the be? bodies go? Where'd the bodies go? Maybe they burned them. That would be my murder Maybe hobo they, guess. Oh, they left. Oh, because <laughs> you've got murder hobos, and of course, players want to set things. things on fire. Yes. Yeah. Right. That was That's my weird. I think, I, yeah. I think I would have. I know. I, I, makes I, it better. Before the it's been a while <laughs> since I've been on the show. My my. Uh, I have my no show idea. A little if, off. Uh, violence went out. Maybe they escaped. I don't know. Tell uh, us. Tell us what happened. Eaten by coyotes. Yes, that. Who dingoes. also took all of their loot? Dingoes. Dingoes. Eaten dingoes. by dingoes. A dingo my kobold. It's not a horror story. Uh, and everyone involved had. Oh wait, I skipped. Sorry. Uh, oh, and the opportunity for loot was lost. However, this is not a horror story. Everyone involved had fun and expressed interest in playing again as soon as possible. Yay! Yay. Upon later reflection, a question came to me. How much responsibility does the old guard have in educating yo the young blood? Sure, veteran RPG players have encountered things like stupid good PC archetype and uh, the RPG prisoner problem before and have absorbed... Uh, Truisms like always check the body for loot and never pick up a duck in a dungeon. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, Somebody Google that. I, I bet you there's a story. There's there has got to yeah. be a story. Inside there. joke. Yeah, but many of us learned these lessons through experience, and we're stronger for it. At the same time, some game derailing events could be brewing in this game, especially once a PC's true nature is revealed. And there's been no talk beforehand of topics like valuing party cohesion more or less than being true to a character's motivation. More or less than being true to a character's motivation. My first response was to get some information. Should we answer that question or should we keep reading? Uh Go ahead and keep reading. Okay. My first response was to get some information from the players beforehand. Ask them what kind of things they want to see and conversely don't want to see in their game. And some ground rules and uh, set some ground rules out of the gate. However, it can be hard for people to know what they want when they have no clue what an experience like role playing can provide. Pop culture is helping bridge that gap, thankfully. Uh, it, peeps may not have played D&D, but they know about it through things like Big Bang Theory <sighs> and Community. But You're for not the, a fan sorry, either? the uh, was not actually in the email. I'm not a fan of it either. No, uh, no. All right. Anyway, it makes me laugh. But for the <laughs> it is there's funny things about it's it. It's very yes. funny. Very but it's funny not part. geek positive. Yeah, and particularly, I don't find that it's female geek positive. Not at all. Well, yeah, that it's not. Me. That'll give you. But. Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, but for those to. Uh, uh, those complete blank slates who can't tell the difference between a D8 and a D10, what pitfalls and traps should we steer them past? And what scraped knees should we let them endure to toughen them up? Oh, I love that. Uh, natural consequences. Okay. Uh, Tough love. I am very curious to hear your collective thoughts. I hope the podcast remains as fun for you all as it is for us to consume. Speaking of, take a drink. Feeder. Rosano. P.S. As per my previous missives, I can, uh, come with a root beer-like beer recommendation. However, this time it is a recommendation against, not for. 
<coughs> the beverage in question is the best damn root beer, part of the best damn hard sodas line. Apparently, these guys think it's a good idea to pour Bud Light into various sodas and put the feeded mess into cans and sell them in supermarkets. Stay away from the whole line if you value your taste buds. Someone had one at a party. Mm-hmm. I, I like tried them. it. It was sweet. Yeah, they were really cloying. Yeah, uh, the root beer ones I like. Mm. We had. Uh, you also like horchata flavored beer. Don't mess with my horchata your flavored taste buds beer, are bro. Suspect. The, the root beer from this line, or like not your father's root beer? Uh, no, the one I had is not your father's. This one, okay. this one we had. Um, what was it? It was uh, the best damn cherry soda. We had a couple of them. Yeah. From uh, one of my girlfriend's graduation parties. Mm. And uh, I tried that, and I think I got like a third of the way through before I poured it out because it was so. Oh, yeah. yeah, the not oh, your father's so root beer one like, is really good. The, yeah, the not, not your father's room. That's the one that I like. Like and that's cough good. syrup and zima. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do. They tend to get like a cough syrupy flavor to them. <clears throat> it's, it's nasty. And I, I have a sweet tooth. Yeah, I have huge sweet tooth. Yeah. So I took the first drink, and and when someone with a sweet tooth gets something so sweet that they wind up with this face, which won't translate well over the audio, I I apologize, but. Yeah, it's it. Then it's yeah, poop face. That yeah, like that, like almost like it's sour. Yeah. Blech. Yeah. To his other quest, to his question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we, the old guard, have responsibility for the new kids on the block? No. No. I think it is best to let them experience those things themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I let agree. them learn why you don't pick up a duck in a dungeon. For whatever reason, uh, right. for whatever reason, Let that happens. Them to learn that why when you buy all your equipment, you should make sure you buy a ten foot pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, even though it's a pain in the ass to carry. Yeah. I also think that we, as the old guard, come jaded and we fall into patterns. Uh, I had this happen in these in the in the con game where I played uh, Shadowrun, and these guys were like rolling their eyes at our decisions. Uh, quite literally, were like. You guys are idiots, don't you understand? And I, I have a feeling that we forget these people are looking at things with the brand new eyes and brand new ideas. And so we can't just roll our eyes and say, all right, and then fall into the same pattern that happens all the time. Right. I'm also reminded of when um, uh, Bill uh, and Elspeth were playing Tune for the first time. Elspeth had never really played a lot of role-playing games. She came up with very creative solutions to problems because she was new at it. She was looking at these same old problems from a completely different direction. And I think that we as the old guard, if we pay attention, you can learn new things. Oh, absolutely. I think that because we get so used to falling into the trouble, oh, it's a prisoner, well, we better not torture it to kill it, right? And then somebody who is new there is like, can we hypnotize him? And you're like, I we never thought of that. Uh, yeah, right. And I think can we get him drunk and maybe he'll talk information out? Uh huh. So I think we as the old guard have more to learn than, but yeah. we gotta let them do their thing. And I I think trying to teach them things like that in character lessons runs dangerously close to telling them how to play their character. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. On a meta level, I think it's best to lead by example. Mm-hmm. Talking yes. in character, mm-hmm. referring to other players as their character, mm-hmm. not by their, their real world name, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, And that, that has a lot more with the, the, your sort of style of play and the way you like to play the game. That, I think, is okay. But as far as what their character is doing, it's make-believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's make believe with a mountain of rules on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
everyone knows how to play make-believe. We all learned when we were two. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So I don't think, I don't think you need to. Yeah. And, 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 and look at older people in the hobby who really still love the hobby had all those hard earned lessons going through, you know, dungeons with adversarial GMs <laughs> and we're still like the game, mm. you know, now that doesn't always happen. There are people who will go through that sort of a situation, they throw up their hands and think it's stupid. But I mean, there's different styles of play and different styles of play suit different personality types better. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and when you talk about indoctrinating new players, it, it really almost kind of starts to gets dangerously, dangerously close to that one true wayism thing. Yeah. Very much as well. Not, yeah. Yes. And this think, is the way you play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that really starts turning people off of the hobby. Um, and as someone who's probably the newest player in this room, um, and it has been through that, mm -hmm. um, and you know, and often when I sit down, especially with not with you guys, but with new gaming groups, I often am, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or any of those things. That's a whole other conversation. But people give me advice on how to do things and what to do. Yeah, that's where really? I, was, I was waiting yeah. to bring that up. And 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 like as a GM, they're like, oh, you know, what you no, should no, do. no, as a GM, oh, okay. when I'm a player, no one's ever done that as a GM because I'm like. <laughs> And your character is hit by a boulder, right. and you have to leave my table. I'm sorry. Wander, wandering damage. No, all I'm not of rolling it. for the boulder. You're just dead. Go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's really, it's really frustrating when you, you know, like Stork was saying, you come in with these cool out of the box ideas, um, or you want to try something, and people are like, "Oh no, that that's not really how you do that." It's like. What do you mean well, that's we're not in a make-believe world. Yeah, it's like we're in a fantasy. Right. So yes, I think I can try to do X, Y, Z. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. So it's. I think it's. It's really, really important not to crush that. And also, I have to say, like we have a lot of really out of the box thinkers in our in our group, um, and a lot of times we break those rules, even as yeah. you mm -hmm. know, experienced gamers. <laughs> We split the fucking party all the time, <laughs> and sometimes it's like some of the best, some of the best moments are sometimes when you break those rules. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think if you teach people that those are the rules, then they feel like you are bullying them around, or that they don't know how to do it right, and it makes them more uh, timid about trying things. And then it also can, you can miss out on some really cool moments. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, following up on that, if you are part of the old guard, sorry, Tim. It's okay. I have to do this before it falls out of my head. Uh, I if know you're the part feeling. of the old guard, uh, lead by example is great for role playing and stuff, but also give the new people room to try stuff and to role play or whatever. Because, yeah. uh, uh, and I'm very guilty of this, of steamrolling into people and taking over whole scenes. And I don't mean to. It's a force of personality. Sometimes it's the force of character, but Me it's too. a. It is a. It's a bad habit that we of the old guard can do. We need oh, to sure. remember sometimes to step back and let the new timid people try what they what they want to try, or at least give them room to do something. Mm -hmm. So that's shut the fuck up and let them try something. <laughs> Even it may not be the choice that you wanted, but that's okay. Let them go. And, and I'll have you know that I apologize to Stork for that. <laughs> if that's what I you're think that's aired. To. I think that episode is aired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, thing. but the the yeah, don't, but don't I I actually apologized. I I totally steamrolled totally Stork one day in the Mode of Sin game, and I realized that I did it. in The next session, I came back and apologized yeah. to him. So I was like, you know what, that wasn't cool. I but, think. Oh, go ahead. No, I I have an idea. Oh, I, was I waited this long to get this <laughs> idea out. So. Well, you mentioned Mode of Sin, and I think that's a really great example of this because Samantha, that was her very first role playing game she's ever played. 
So she her first total. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought she played I before she that a little bit. She yeah. a li- like a little, but this Devil. is the first real like, time. Like first long she, long. She hung campaign. out with people who did it before, uh, and she's in that that culture. And she's I think she's done like a couple one shots once in a while mm-hmm, at parties mm-hmm. and stuff. But that was the first time she's like in a campaign. She like made her own character, all those things, and just watching. And if you're listening to that actual play, like we we never gave her out of out of game advice on how to do her character or anything she nails it like she mm-hmm. does an amazing job and so yeah. she didn't really need that guidance and i i really honestly feel that if we'd given her that okay this is something to keep in mind like at the beginning she wouldn't have been as creative and amazing with her character and you know it really would have she would probably would have been even more timid um because she'd be like oh i wonder if this is one of the th- things i should do or maybe this is the thing i shouldn't do and then she'd like maybe i'll just wait and see what they do and then i'll follow along so i think that's a great example of just kind of Letting and, them and, spread their wings and, she's and fly. Well capable of reading the the rule book, yeah, oh understanding yeah. it and going, oh, that's the power I need to get to. Yeah. She's yeah. super good at that. She's, yeah. she's done that, yeah. <laughs> I think the, the I last think it, game session. I'm sorry, you can do what? Yeah. <laughs> Son of that's a, a bitch. That's a thing? I think wow. I think in her case it, it helped her a lot that all she did was say what would happen if I was turned into a vampire? And that's yeah. the character she's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> What I was going to say, though, is I think it was um, Tyler who said a long time ago, uh, um, when you have new players, let them do whatever they want to do. Let them try whatever they want to try. Mm-hmm. And as the GM, it's your responsibility to fit that into the game and the the rule system that you're working with mm-hmm. and it, it ties back to that whole <laughs> let your players be awesome thing yeah just let them try whatever they want to try hey can i try swinging from the chandelier and doing a triple gainer backflip onto this guy's head sure you can try it let's figure that out i think that helps a lot too yeah absolutely and they might not succeed especially if they roll shitty but yeah yeah, yeah. let them try or, yes or they may them. realize why doing all of those maneuvers at once really isn't a good idea they might mm-hmm. go oh i had to spend all of these yeah. points to do this stunt and i didn't do any damage okay now i understand why people don't do that right. oh i had to split I, my dice pool 12 yeah, ways right <laughs> or or whatever it is yeah i wonder playing devil's advocate a little bit mm-hmm. sure does that set a false expectation for later on what's that so for a new player. I mean, if a new player, if you, I mean, yes and everything they do, maybe even lean in a little bit <coughs> in their favor, does that set an expectation later on that could be disappointed when they've, when they're now a journeyman player mm-hmm. and uh, they do something and you've set up a scenario with specific outcomes and they happen to do the most obvious thing, which is the one thing that you planned for and set a trap for. Mm-hmm. Right. And, so, like, if they're at a con game and they split the party and the party's like, what the fuck are you doing? They're like, what? What? What do you mean? This has never been a problem before. And now all of a sudden the party goes to hell and or, it's a it's a, it's that's a, a That's a more meta example. But yes, that's something like that as well. I'm talking about more like in-game, but even, even out of game like that. I wasn't talking about giving uh, a special benefits or, or bennies to the new player i i'm specifically saying and i think this is what tyler was saying too is let them try whatever they want to try and then explain to them how that works in the rules and what will happen, oh, okay. have right. to happen within the rules so if that has to happen over you know three rounds of combat you explain that to them you'll say yeah you can totally do that this round you'll be swinging from the chandelier next round you'll be doing the triple gainer and right. the round after that then you'll actually be attacking him I, if it came off that i was saying that you should you know 
give them little special snowflake uh, <laughs> moments. That's not okay. That's right. not what I was getting at. I was just saying you should you should never know but them. You should never say no. You can't do that. Yeah. Oh, that that, figure out a way to make it happen within the rules, or explain to them what the consequences are. For example, you have to roll to catch the chandelier. You have to roll not to fall. Right. You have to roll to do the triple gainer. You have to roll to land. Uh, Then you got to roll to hit, and that's three rounds. And then you got to roll to hit. You still want to attempt that. Yeah, yeah, so you yes and the idea, but you don't fudge the mechanics. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's so, yeah. Yeah. No, but you them- should always do that, whether it's a new player or not. Yeah, totally. Right. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't really treat new players any differently. If they are asking for more guidance, give it to them. Or if they're trying something to be like, okay, this is how this rolling works. And then be- explain that before you make them do it. So they kind of have a decision there to be like, oh, that sounds awful. I only have two dice to try and get a pair. That's impossible. Like, right. you know, that yeah. sort of thing yeah, so the, they can make that choice. The Shadowrun game I played at the con, uh, the guy just let us do stuff and later said, well, you really shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, I, I, was I not clear about the fact I'd never played this game before? So, so he's very adversarial and, and we punished everybody for not following the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah. You know, That's I'm so starting horrible. to get... St- starting to develop a stereotype about people who play Shadowrun. <laughs> yeah, right. Your story is not the first story I've heard like that. Really? I, I no, I agree too. Yeah. I somewhere I've got like the 20th anniversary edition of it. Maybe I should read through it. See where it says. It. You see where it says you have to be a dick to your players. That's part of the I, rules. Re- he really was a pretty <laughs> adversarial GM. And, and then he, I mean, when we showed up the first 20 seconds, he's like, "So everybody have your characters?" And we're like, "Nowhere in your description." Oh, but that was a living. Was it a? No. Nope. Oh, it wasn't. Really? Yeah, I know. And you were expected to bring characters? He, we were expected to know and do a lot, apparently. But only afterwards were we uh, berated for not knowing stuff. That, that seems odd sense. that you would have a convention game where you require people I to agree. bring if characters. If it's a living Unless, campaign. Yeah, or yes. a LARP or something like that. But or, anything you know. else, it seems absurd to me. That, nowhere does, in the yeah. description did it say living campaign. Nowhere in the description said bring your own characters. I assumed it was a con game. We show up into his own. He's, I don't know what his deal was. He's, uh, he was very... He made it sound like the con flew him in and treated him very well, and so he was, you know, this is my thing. I'm the Shadowrun guy, and you know, they they brought me in to teach this, and uh, I'm I'm the dude. And I was like, okay, do you know who wow. I am? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I, I kind of understand the adversarial so part to a certain extent because when you do runs, it's like you're 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 going on an operation sort of like a quasi-military operation in a very dangerous world. Absolutely. So there needs to be a lot of intel, a lot of prep. We need to figure out what, you know, if we're trying to break into this place, what kind of security measures does it have? Who are we going to have to get past? What sort of physical barriers do we have to get past? How are we going to be able to break into the computer system? Right. All this stuff you're going to have to figure out. So so it would, it would seem to me that a, a, a typical session is going to be an enormous amount of planning, and then the execution exactly what it was. is the last quarter of it that's exactly what it was and then we were punished for not anticipating certain things now again because it's such a nuanced thing and it's a free-form futuristic world you can have radio macguffins that nobody bothered to look for because you didn't know they existed because it's a gm's world and it's the and technology is fluid and you can come up with whatever he wants which i think plays into the the douchebaggy dm thing it's like wow yeah yeah. it would have succeeded had it not been for the high frequency radio you guys didn't look for how did you know you're supposed to do that you didn't tell me that well yeah it was the alien technology i mentioned that in the beginning that could that could be the shadow run version of checking for traps before you open it i guess i don't know could be one of those hard-earned lessons (laughs) 
of Shadowrun. I have no idea. I'll read. Th- I don't know which version I have. I think I have the 20th or 25th anniversary. Edition and combat takes a long time. That There's sucks. a lot of rolling for a lot of little nuanced things. That makes me not interested. Yes. Well, I know I, there's a lot I of rolling. It's all dice pools, right? Yes. Yeah. And I could certainly play that setting in any other game. So it would be great in GURPS. I think, Sha- I think Shadowrun is one of those games that's been around a really, 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 really long time. And they've had a lot of versions of it, it come out. Yeah. But they've never had like a... And I could, I, I'll say right now, I could be wrong because I only follow Shadowrun from the periphery. But it doesn't seem like they've had a full major mechanics overhaul to take into account all of the advances that this hobby has made in the past 20 years. I like th- they st- like their, their game system is still... Sorry... Their game system is still very uh, old school in a lot of ways. There's a lot of rolling dice for yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. little things and a lot of little charts. Because there's active defenses too, yes. right? You, you, like you roll to hit someone, then they get to roll to dodge, yes. and then you also roll to see how much armor damage you soak. And effect, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, then how much... So know. one combat is four rolls usually, right? At least, yeah. Okay. That's a lot of rolling. Yeah, and that's you know per person, plus the NPCs. Plus, yeah, yeah it, it takes a really long time. Now, how how big was the group? Uh, I think it was five people. Okay, maybe a little too many. No, uh, a lot of us didn't know. There were like at least two new people. The GM had his ringer friend who kept remarkably quiet through the whole game. I well, kept that's, feeling that's like, good. well, yeah, but I kept like looking at him like, what should we do? Because I don't know. So he he was one of the five. I wonder if he yeah. actually had played the scenario before. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. All it was was a rescue. All we had to do was get somebody out of a compound. That oh. was it. It was just a simple little scenario. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Rosano, for the email. Gaming Horror Story follow-up from Joe. Hey, I had recently sent in a Gaming Horror Story with regards to 7th C and Origins. This is last week. He sent this to me sort of in a panic, but I didn't get it in time. Oops. Did we read it online? <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. that was the seventh C one where he went. And that was the living campaign. Ah, uh, the living campaign thing at Origins, right? Okay. Kimmy's taking a selfie. Yeah, <laughs> or is it periscoping? Are you periscoping? No, she's just, just, taking just she's using it as, as a mirror to adjust her hair. <laughs> she dropped. They they <laughs> work a lot better if you hold your phone. She's in not your even hand. on camera. Should I take a picture You're of Kimmy taking a, like? a selfie? That's no, meta. A, meta, a meta selfie. <laughs> selfies of selfies. <laughs> <laughs> That's gold right there. <laughs> Did you get it? Oh, yeah. Right there. See? <laughs> All right. Uh, gaming uh, uh, 7C and Origins. Here's a follow-up. After emailing you guys, I contacted the people that run the games because they openly asked for feedback and feelings on the forum. Feelings? Feelings. feelings. Nothing Maybe he means like how you feelings. felt about the game, not like emotions like, I feel... Or maybe actual physical touching. Maybe. <laughs> that's a, that's a thing. It can be a thing. I invite feelings. Ew. <laughs> so I expressed oh. my thoughts. <laughs> so I expressed my thoughts and feelings of what happened, and they were very apologetic and offered some personal games in the future. Hmm. It doesn't change what my feelings my feelings of what happened, but it does make me regret not talking to them immediately after the game is because who knows what might have happened for the rest of the convention. That's true. Plus, it's better to give feedback in person. Um, it's a, a thing my friends and I do at the end of every session, whether at home or at con. Ask players for one thing they enjoyed that stuck with them and one thing that didn't work for them. Uh, when not asked, I feel weird just offering it. But as evidenced by this experience, I should speak up more. Anyway, 
If you do read my horror story, which we did, <clears throat> I hope this gets you in time to follow it up on the same episode, which it didn't. But good on them for doing that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. If somebody mm-hmm. is asking for feedback, <clears throat> give it to them. Yeah. Whether it's just like, no, no, that was really good. And I especially like what you did this. Even a compliment helps because they're obviously, they're trying to hone on the right track. Stuff. Right. And, yeah. And they can take it. If they're asking for it and you say, this sucked, this sucked, this sucked, this sucked, and this, and you know, they're, they're asking for the feedback. Couch it. Don't be angry, GM at them. You know you don't want to. You don't want to completely demoralize them. But, but certainly they're asking for feedback. Give it to them. Agree. I think so. Um. Oh, uh, I forgot to mention something. Uh, if you want uh, to questions or anything in the, I'm trying to watch the chat room. But if you have a specific question about anything we're talking about or a comment about it, you can uh, use the Q and A thing. It's open, and I'm looking at it. So. There you are. How many people are in the chat room? Very few. Five. Five. That's better than the, we're slowly getting people Saturdays, used to Saturday mornings a little. The, well, it bounces around. We always take a hit because yeah. no one's quite yeah. sure. Bless you. <laughs> I've already got a good Move one. the mic away. She's getting smarter now. She's like, <laughs> I, got, I already got, I've got the gold. I've got gold now. I know. <clears throat> I just have Damn a, you all, you listeners who wrote in on. I've had like he four. Has, Season seven, episode two. There's a sneeze. <laughs> and, and nice at, enough at to give me the timestamp. Thirty yeah. seconds. <laughs> there were three different <laughs> listeners who all wrote in. And... Was it the same timestamped one? No, no, all no, different ones. Th- oh, one nice. of one of them you're Screw talking you during. All. One of them I'm burping during, mm-hmm. and then the third one is perfectly clean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'll, I'll import it into the soundboard <laughs> for next week. Thank you for listening. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, yeah, that was the and then and someone at, on the forum they were talking about maybe doing a a, a living campaign. I, I'm, kind of an interesting idea. It's but how did it, it sparked a lot of debate. Even Jib was uh, doing some feedback on doing living yeah, campaigns. Yeah. He was it, talking about this on Slack today. So yeah, for those of us who don't Slack know, what message. is a living campaign? Is it like the Sims tabletop edition? What no, is it? a living campaign would be like, um. Uh, it's a or it's sort of kind of a a, a flavor of organized play mm-hmm. where you you have a game world and you run convention games mm-hmm. those convention games and the things that happen within it change the world okay. so the next time you run oh i see that okay. same living campaign at the next con this npc is dead this npc has been installed as king this has happened over here this wall got knocked down there's there's actual yeah. changes continuity to it there's yeah yeah okay. and, and the, We've, some people have done that it's just like in comic books like when a new writer or yeah. artist team take over they have to inherit the baggage left over from the old x-men <laughs> that they yes. now have to incorporate mm-hmm. into their yeah with their world a number of years ago a buddy of mine we created a fantasy world from scratch as most geeks are wont to do. <laughs> and and we kind of did that between the two of us. He ran a game and I ran a game and what happened in his game would affect what happened in my game because it was the we shared the world together. So Right. Okay, Casey and Bruce did kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean it's 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 a common thing to do on a large scale like that. <clears throat> it's it, it will be more complex. And I would think it would require a lot of management. Especially right. if you're talking about well, that's, see, I, I was kind of thinking you divide that up. So you, you say, if people are going to play in this living campaign, this GM is in charge of this region. This GM is in charge of this region. Right. This GM is in charge of this region. So whenever you run these living games, the GM who's in charge of this part of the world 
he knows what happened because he ran all of the games and it can change. And then the inner relationships between them, the GMs can dis- discuss. And I think I brought this up as an example. Robert Aspern used to edit a series of books called Thieves World. Thieves World. I'm, I'm reading right, them right. again and, right now. And in Thieves World, each, each <clears throat> author had their own character. And he kind of handed an outline to the other authors. So Shadowspawn, written by one guy, was yeah. the main focus. But Shadowspawn then could be used in other, as other characters, as an NPC, as somebody they talked to, as the fence, in all these other stories. So it was a living kind of series in a world, and all of the characters could interact, but mm-hmm. each author had their own spin on it and was in charge, of really, of their own areas. Right. So it seems to me that's the best way to... I would think organize so. that gives the GMs the latitude of the players want to kill this major NPC. Sure, you can absolutely do that. It also allows GMs to play in other GMs' games in the same world and not spoil things. Good yep. idea. So that if you are in the mage quarter, Hadn't stuff that happens that. there is completely removed from the stuff that happens in the village outside the town that you're in charge of. Right. So there you go. Uh, Sergeant Dan's Drewcon game after action report. You want that stork? Hello, Stu and the true blue blue brew douche crew. I I try that again because that was pretty awesome. Hello, Stu and the true blue brew douche crew. You still didn't. I'm even sober, so that's why. That's the big problem with these. Sergeant Dan. We need to get stuff for mimosas. That's really what we need to do. Sergeant Dan to give a report for my game at DrewCon in St. Louis. Overall, it did go well. A big thanks to all the players in the game for their input and great participation. If anyone is looking to do a game concept or test play of a game system, Fear the Con, Drew Con, is a great place to work it out. There are great players and GMs that will get into the game and give a genuine critic, a critique and good advice on how to improve your game. And just Drew Con, Fear the Boot didn't do Fear the Con this year, so I guess some fans got together and ran a it, convention. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. It looks like Fear the Con will be on for June of next year. The folks that did DrewCon will be helping Fear the Boots spearhead the organiza- organizing of the next Fear the Con. More details will, details will be coming after Gen Con. Now, on to the after-action report of the game. <laughs> the players chose Mutant City Blues, powered by Gumshoe System, for the mechanics we'd use. This made the story less superpowered and more police procedural. It was not a bad thing. But part of the lack of superpoweredness is on me, which I will explain later. The story question answers were great. Uh, with the answers I got from the players, the story background came out as follows. Some of us, uh, some of this was developed as the story unfolded. The city of Raleigh Mayer, who is a secret GLO, GLO. The city of Raleigh Mayer. Oh, there's, there, there should have been a comma. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, well, not I, a comma, but... It's Raleigh Mayor is not a city. Uh, the city yeah. of Raleigh mayors. The city of Raleigh's mayor, who is a secret glow. What's glow? Uh, that must be a uh, something from the gumshoe thing. Yeah. Um, he, uses, he uses it again up here, so I think it's something to do with that well, system. Or murdered his assistant blues in his office. The Hill Street Blues will be right back. <laughs> uh, the assistant was sliced in half with no blood at the scene. The mayor and three other glows were part of an artifact and antiquities theft and smuggling ring. The mayor stole his assistant's identity to launder money. The assistant found out about the dummy accounts in his name and started to use the accounts for his own personal finances. Hey, you know what? Hey, what? This is Mutant City Blues, and they're talking about glows, so I bet that glows are referring to mutants. Ah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. The bad guys are getting ready to steal the sword Confederate General. The sword of Confederate General Joseph Johnson surrendered to General Sherman from Bennett Place Historical Site in Durham. 
The mayor, the, uh, the day of the murder, had gone to Japan on an economic summit trip with the governor. It was part of his cover-up to meet with buyers for the sword. The initial suspect was a gangbanger that one of the PCs knew. This was a red herring. The poor sap was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was caught on cameras around the time and place of the murders. The missing witness was a security guard that did not see the murder, but could put the mayor and assistant in the same room at the time of death. <laughs> While the story sounds good, this is all from hindsight. Here are some of the mistakes I made, and hope it will be it will help some of your budding GMs who are trying to be more flexible and improvisational to their approach. First, one, take some more time to connect the NPCs to the crime, especially the bad guys. Too much I made it on the fly. I could have made a better structure if I had taken the time to think it through. Even just five minutes and the game would have flowed much better. I would have been uh, willing to change with the story, but more structure and direction the GM has a better... Uh, the more structure the GM has, the better the story and game. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're dealing with a crime procedural, I think that that is really key. You yeah. really need to spend... Because yeah. you need to work out the timeline and you need to work out who the guilty the one is, you know, and some of the specifics of that. It... it Especially when you're improvising answers to a bunch of questions that don't relate to it, so you don't have NPCs who weren't involved at the scene of the crime when the crime happened. You know I, what I mean? I do. Making yeah. mistakes like that. I wonder if there's like a chart you could fill out if you add in stuff like maybe online or even if you could make a little flow chart or something of your own really quickly. So With like a know. who, what, why, where, when, how. Exactly. So mm -hmm. Here's the crime. Here's the guy who did it. Right. Here's how he did it. Here's when he did it. Here's why he did it. Very All much like, those facts. Very much like yeah. clue. Who, where, the, the what, and the when. And just right. put them together and like or write them down so that you know all of that and you can frame all your questions and clues around that. And make sure right. all the other people who could be suspect there's at least one hole that will allow them to be uh, eliminated. Excuse, eliminated, yeah. yeah. For me, um, for investigative, <laughs> for me, a map is a thing. And you just put, like, do, like, even if it's a little crappy map you do by yourself of, like, your little world. And then you just mark what things are where on the map. So that way, wherever the players roam, you make sure that you have the right things in the right places. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the police procedurals are tough to do on the fly. That gets really, really bold of him to be making this mm -hmm. up as he goes. But anyway, yeah. carrying on. And he, he not only did he have like a bunch of questions about to to build up the scenario, then it's like, okay, now what game system do you want to play? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jesus. lay it on me. I'll do anything. That's ballsy. Yeah, yeah, it is. This story I started with the initial crime already happened a few days ago because it fit the scripted opening I had. I should have improvised the last part of the opening and let the players do the initial crime scene investigation. It would have given them a better direction and understanding of the story. Mm -hmm. True dad. Yeah. Uh, I know as a, as a player, I love to be in and gathering the clues myself. I'm like, I feel cheated if I'm like, well, here's the bag of clues. I'm like, what? What if they miss something? I want to yeah. do that. I want to see. I, absolutely. Uh, three, I used to I used the clock on my computer... That was still on Eastern Daylight Time and shorted <laughs> the game by an hour. Oops. My computer was not hooked to the Wi-Fi at the hotel and was still showing the time back oh. home. Which, uh, with that hour, I could have set up the boss fight and superpowers would have shown through. <laughs> mm. Oops. Yeah, well, you know, it's not nearly as bad as when NASA, like, uh, completely forgot to recalibrate between metric and, and uh, American feet and burned up the satellite in Mars atmosphere because they came in at the wrong approach angle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oops. 
overall, it was a great experience. I may still use the story background for another game for new players at Mace in Charlottesville, North Carolina. Excellent. Nice. All of us at the table liked the cooperative telling of the stories of the PCs with background questions and the case questions they answered to set up the crime uh, they were to solve. Thanks for your input and hope it drove the show's content. Uh, thanks for your input and hope. All right. Separify uh, the hinterlands of Johnson County, North Carolina, Sergeant Dan, USMC. P.S. What is a Happy Jack's email without a P.S.? A. Shorter. P.P.S. <laughs> Drink. P.P.P.S. Yes, church will be running a traveler at Fear the Con. Otherwise, it just would not be Fear the Con. Excellent. And I- yes, I'm a big fan of Traveler. I think all cons need to have a Traveler game. More people need to play it. I agree. I have a recommendation. Mm-hmm. If you're going to run police procedure or police investigative games, which are very similar to just any type of a mystery type thing, yeah, clue, detective look order. at the way Chaosium does Call of Cthulhu Adventures. Because Call of Cthulhu Adventures are, generally speaking, that type of mystery, kind of who done it, got to find out all these facts and investigate and stuff. And the amount of detail that they put into their scenarios... <clears throat> um, with all of that information, the who's, the why's, the how's, the what's, is amazing. And that's... The only one I own is Massive Nyarlathotep. Which is a huge book. Well, it's that big. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, and it's like a full campaign. And it is yeah. so world-spanning and detailed. Yeah. Yeah. If you read the first chapter, you can never play it. Yeah, Because exactly. it, it yeah. says, here's what's going on. Yeah. It starts out there. And then after it tells you, here's the arc of the... Of, What's happening? Here's the bad guys, etc. Then it starts from the beginning, you know, in New York City at this guy's apartment. What's What's but, so awesome about that is all the little props they give you: cigarettes, yeah, yeah, they the totally back do. packages, the back like tickets. twelve pages of the book. You photocopy them onto cardstock, so awesome. cut them out, and there's matchbooks and all kinds tickets of shit. It's and fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. Dog tags and license plates. I mean, it's so cool. You know, that's one of the reasons because the um, the moment of truth campaign that starts Tuesday. Is uh, it's called uh, the it's the big blue monkeys from outer space setting, which I've renamed Vast Dominions. It's a better name. It is a better name. Oh, better name, yeah. Um, but one of the reasons I picked that era is because they still have telegraph, <laughs> and that one of my favorite <laughs> things to do in Call of Cthulhu is to go and get the template off the internet and p- get the, the the shitty typewriter yeah, font right, and right. type out a fucking telegraph, and then oh yeah, we got a telegraph. Dan, <laughs> stop. You have a telegraph. Sorry, a telegraph. telegraph sorry. But all that, and and I can now I can use all that stuff for that. Game. Yeah, <laughs> um, Gumshoe is a, is designed for detective stuff to begin with, yes, it and is. I, it is a very very good system for that. I think it's the best one out there for doing investigative games. I really don't think that you should fuck with that system very much more. I think if you're going to run a con game, keep your basic plot, take the lessons you learned, and run it again. It's going to be different. Because oh, your yeah. players sure. are going to come mm-hmm. up with different ideas and different stuff. But I would keep that same plot and massage it. Because the more you kind of run those, the better they're going to be. And, again, it'll give you maybe some time to come up with a couple of props. Yeah. Gumshoe, that's... Uh, now the Cthulhu's on my mind. That's Trails of Cthulhu, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Trails of Cthulhu is one of the Gumshoe Yeah, it's games. one of the Gumshoe games. Yeah, it's, one, it's one where you spend... You basically have, like, skill points that you spend. Like, you have a two and something... You can use it twice. Basically. And they're yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. that drove home the whole, if there's a clue the players need. They just get it. Give just, it right. to them. Yeah, just yeah. let them have it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Robin, D, Robin D. Laws, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has lots of great theories on gaming. He does. Uh, he posts now and again in various places, and he has lots to say about podcast. how to game. Yeah, That keeps winning the Ennies. Um, <laughs> that, that keeps taking the any away from us. <laughs> we're, not, we're never going to win any. No. Never going to win any. Too, our show is too long for him. To ever win an inning. Yeah. Um, 
The Weight of Money from Kenigma. I think it's my turn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hello. I am Doshiega Montoya. You bagged my mother. Prepare to read a really long email. That's funny. Wow. Since... <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sounds just like Tim's mom. Welcome to Costco. I, I love, love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since I totally brought down the show with my last missive, episode 1617, the infamous Cartman debate. Oh, that God, was, that, that was horrible, a B-team. Horrible person. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Was it... No, it was because I listened to that episode. I went back and listened yeah. to it. I'm like, oh my god! Everybody was suddenly old. sharing their their like innermost demons. It was like, wow, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when we were playing Moat, and they all walked out going, oh, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I wasn't. Was I here? Yeah. I oh no, maybe that was one of the episodes you weren't there. Anyway, uh, I wanted to make amends with. It was something. during. It was during the Rena Fair. Because it was on a Friday. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I wanted to make amends with something a little lighter. I didn't intend that to be the heavy issue it turned into, but it seemed to really resonate with a lot of folks, so I'm glad it was discussed. Also, I hope that the B-team's therapy is going well. It was the B-team. <laughs> and, and you know, it actually sparked... They're too uh, broken to seek therapy. <laughs> right. It actually sparked some really good discussion on the forums as well, so it resonated not just with the team, but uh, yeah. through listeners. It's actually, it was a very good email. That's the kind of stuff that needs to get talked about. No amount of therapy is going to help the B-team. No. It's mostly just Steven. <laughs> no. No, it's not. <laughs> no. No. And what, it, what brand of shoes do you hate? I was right? just going to say, <laughs> Robin is anti-shoe fetish. And, and Dave in the new Star Trek movies. Yes. He almost shanked me one day over that. Uh, he's right. And he's, yeah, he'll look at you with hate. Oh, yeah. he did. Hate. I was afraid. He's right. If you actually just stop being upset and listen to him, he's got some very good points. No. That doesn't mean that he should be filled with hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I can get over Batman versus Superman sucking, like everyone can Look, get over everything. Okay, before I'm you gonna... start, I'm, yeah. let me just say, I did not see it in the theater, and I specifically didn't go because I heard it's really hard to follow. Yeah. That's the major thing I heard. I was on Facebook, and Dan from Fear the Boot said, I'm 30 minutes into Batman versus Superman, the extended cut, and it's, this is a much more cohesive and understandable film like oh really so went download it and watch it. i'm like wow it was really good it's dark yeah it's dark it's not what you would expect from a superman product mm-hmm. because it doesn't have the sort of cheery pollyannish 1950s morality mm-hmm. um but it, I, I, I followed it fine not a problem and it was and it even foreshadows whatever's going to happen in the next movie which i assume they're yeah. going to make yeah but yeah, they're re- we're, they're retooling the entire Justice League project though, based yeah. on how badly Superman versus or Batman versus Superman failed. Um, I wonder if the long tail of that movie with the extended cut is gonna because it's getting good reviews on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it by the time they're finished, if it's not going to be the mm-hmm. obviously it's still going to be a box office failure. But if it's, it still may not be a financial failure. Oh, because I won DVD. Right. I don't they, know. Stuff, yeah. They could never release the extended edition in theaters. Yeah. No. That's and that's going to be the thing is because they, Zack Snyder or whoever, please God, if they put someone else in charge of it. Um, I still don't know why they didn't use what's his name as Batman. That doesn't help me. The, the guy Keaton. who played Batman in all of the other movies that were oh. fantastic. Uh, uh, oh. Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I think I don't know because he's I an think asshole he said, hard to work with. No, I think he said F it, I'm not no, doing yeah, Batman anymore. I think he said oh, he could be. Do yeah. Anymore. Um, and I really actually liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I I did not. He was fine. That. It was fine. I, I I thought he did a fine job. Uh, but the biggest problem is is the concise storytelling. Like you have to, as a director, be able to. Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, it doesn't apply to like role playing games, but no. if you are given the job and hundreds of millions of dollars and scripts and professionals, you need to be able to tell a concise story in two hours. You and know what I would rather? It. You know what I would rather have? Hmm. I would rather have the theater have one or two less showings a day, mm-hmm. charge me an extra eight bucks, and show me the movie I watched on my iPad. Right, but they're not going to do that. I mean, well, they, they I will, proved I that love works that. with the Hobbit, or not the Hobbit, with Lord of the Rings. They proved you could you could do a almost three hour movie, and people will pay and watch it. Well, it was actually a little over three. Yeah, but, and and, and the they not the ones in the theater weren't. No, 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 the, the, the extended edition. No, I know. Right. and I'm the person who loves to watch all three extended editions back to back. Like that's a great right. day me for too. me. Me too. And that's like, like once a year, my husband and I do that together. Maybe you and, can't tell all stories in under two hours. Once a year, I, that's, that's true. Hello. May, every other month for me. Even, Gond- <laughs> even Gandhi was like a two-hour-plus movie when it first came out because he couldn't tell the whole thing. And at Lord of the Rings, although it's not as long as the extended version, was still like a two-hour... It was two plus. Two, it was like 2.30, two yeah. probably. Yeah. And they proved editions? that people would still no, show up. No, the regular the, regular the theater, yeah. the theater release. I remember one of them being at the two-hour mark or more. Oh, that... It's typical for them to be over two hours now. For and people movies. sat mm-hmm. there and, and, yeah. and never complained, and it made a ton look, of money. Look at, right. Look at, but, and, and I'm not saying that there's not a lot of awesome stuff. I haven't seen the, the extended one yet. So, um, But there was a lot of stuff in, when I watched the, the theatrical version that could have been cut without affecting the story that he chose not to cut because he liked the visuals. And to me, that's bad directing. And it's, and it's, I mean, they can be awesome visuals. I, I love, you know, comic book visuals as much as the next person, probably more, unless you guys are the next people. But, um, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that in that theatrical version could have been cut, could have been cut down that would have made for a more cohesive, uh, two hour movie, two and a half hour movie, whatever it is, ended up being, um, be- by adding a few more things in. Like we did not need to see the super Spoilers. long version. Well, everybody Oh, no, it's okay. It's like every other Batman movie where they show Batman's parents being killed. Yeah. Right. You you could have you could have gotten that into like there are maybe people out there who still don't know Batman's parents were killed. There you know what when you're making something for the mass market, yeah, you should assume there are people who don't know that Batman's right. parents were killed. Right, and that's totally fine. But there's ways to have told that. It could have been faster. Have, yeah, it was so long. The there thing was, is, like yeah, drawn out moments. It's like yeah, show a clip him looking at a picture of his family when he was a kid, and then like a clipping next to it, Wayne family killed. Or you, and you he sighs gun- heavily, and in four seconds, you yeah. told us this thing that was a like ten minute slow mo murder scene again with if pearls. You, if you go back and look at the Harry Potter films, because yeah. this is this is where I think you can see it the most. The first Harry Potter film was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. There's all of those long scenes with the cranes going along, and there's Harry sitting in the window of of Hogwarts, sit, reading a reading a book sitting there with Hedwig and all these long establishing scenes. I love that shit. Yeah. I love to have that kind of stuff <laughs> and to take the time to establish who these people are right. and all of this stuff. That book is what, maybe three yeah. quarters of an inch thick? Yeah. By the time you get to Goblet of Fire, we're in a fucking hurry. We got a lot of story to tell and we can't tell it in more than three hours and 15 minutes right. or two hours and 15 minutes. Hallows is two books. Yeah. No, Deathly Hallows is one book. Oh, right. Two, two movies. movies. Two movies, oh, sorry. Yeah. Because they finally realized, you know, we're cutting a shit ton of stuff out. Yeah. 
and people are starting to not understand what's going on. Hello. Yeah. Unless they read the book. Yes. Kimmy's right. It's a, that the director's job is to tell a story concisely. And Kimmy, I th- also It think- is, but you know what? I like movies <laughs> that aren't in a fucking hurry. Right, and well, he yeah. didn't have to be in a hurry. It's about prioritizing. And I would rather have... Now, this is a terrible example because it shouldn't have been three movies, but The Hobbit, oh. if you had taken a book <laughs> that wasn't The Hobbit, that had a complex story that required three movies, I'd rather see three movies. Like Lord of the Rings. That well, that's made... three books. That's three books, yeah. Right, but I mean... It... <laughs> but right. if you're taking... No, I get your point, yes. Dune. Yeah, and... If you uh, were to do a theatrical version yeah. of Dune... A good, a good theatrical version of Dune. <laughs> right. That can't be told in two no, hours. No. You and The Hobbit could have easily been two movies. Like that, I could totally see if you're keeping in a lot of the stuff from the book, that could have been two movies and, and made sense. So you, you got over Batman versus Superman, but you haven't gotten over The Hobbit <laughs> third movie yet, I take it? I haven't gotten over Batman versus Superman. Well, you just said, if I could get over, if I could get over oh. Batman versus Superman, <laughs> the stupidity of it. <laughs> Well, but, but, I, I, you, but, I, you, but you haven't gotten over. Hate. Like, I'm not over the movie. I just don't hate people. <laughs> we're wonder, we're wandering me. far astray. Yeah, no, we have one last thing her. I want to say is that I, I know what producers do and watching some of the stuff that Tim Burton went through back when he was trying to do a Superman movie. Some of the stories Kevin Smith tells. Some of the stories I know from producers themselves. I think DC's movie producers have their head up their ass. And yeah. they, they keep dictating what they want to see on screen. <laughs> and so they end up with a mess rather than a cohesive movie. No, I, I actually wrote I've, a huge article about this movie on my blog. If you want to go to goldenlasso.net and look, read the thing that says Vi- uh, "Fire Zack Snyder," that's the plug, article. Plug, 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 plug. <laughs> now, I've, I've heard that both major comic book houses are assholes when it comes to absolutely their, their... bazillion dollar. Yeah, but yeah. the Marvel movies properties. are awesome. But what made them bazillion dollars? It wasn't selling fucking comic books. It was blockbuster films. Yeah, it was movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many? Are there, are there comic book stores on every street corner? No, actually, uh, more I mean, than, what made them all than, of that money? More than movies before it was merchandise, actually. Okay, I can so, see the merchandise. Wonder Woman right. Under Ruse, stuff okay, like that. Yeah, like, right, all yeah. that stuff is. They where, didn't have yeah. a problem with that destroying the integrity of their characters. Hmm. Wonder Woman Under Ruse, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, Don't I shouldn't judge talk my about Underoos. <laughs> They have adult sizes now. It's a great thing. Of course it is. Thank you all. I they wear have, them to interviews. Do they have feet? <laughs> do they have feet? No, underwears are underwear. Under, yeah, I know. Oh. They're like long ones with feet? I'm sure they make pajamas or onesies. <laughs> no, they make Spider-Man they make ones of those. panties with feet on them. No. <laughs> <laughs> that could be odd. I'm sure somebody it's somewhere thinks it's super hot. <laughs> well, but... Yes, right. <laughs> So okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kenigma. I apologize for the digression here. <laughs> Super big. I've gotten a paragraph in. <laughs> so, continuing the email, there was a question in the forum some time ago about handling of gold slash money and encumbrance. Oh God, I read Gold Monkey. Okay, now carry on. <laughs> for me, the answer to that was easy. What works for your group? Do that. Don't care about weight. Then pick arbitrary weight for arbitrary money and move on. If you're a simulationist, then get a spreadsheet and lay that shit out. However, giving weight to money, there is a pun in there, I think, as something other than just, I killed the big bad and now I want to buy the plus five hammer of more killing to, you know, kill more stuff, is a missed opportunity for role-playing, intrigue, and even adventure. The opportunities that can be mined, that's definitely a pun, are many. Nice. Um, 
Actually, this is one of my favorite things about the Italian job. I know we're talking about me, so I'm not talking about... That's the one where they they pick the building. They have to actually... And the Italian job is one of the only heist movies where they steal gold and they actually calculate and have to factor in the weight of gold because gold is fucking heavy. heavy, So they have to alter their cars (laughs) so that the the cars can actually carry enough gold. And not ride low so it's obvious that car has a ton of stuff. Well, and because the minis that they use for that, sorry spoilers, like actually couldn't hold that much gold. They would be riding so low that that it wouldn't work with the suspension. So they have to alter the suspension. They calculate in like the the weight of the safe and all these things. It's like Mm -hmm. actually... Like a great movie to watch if you're like, how do people handle actual? You know local? that's a remake, right? Yeah, yeah the first one really? was much better. Yeah, no, well, they actually have like a, a they have a, it's, it has a famous chase scene on the rooftops of Italy in minis. Yeah, in like the little oh, no shit. and they're like it's, jumping yeah. from building to building on when these. When was it cars. made? Seventies. Yeah, oh, that's really? why they use the minis in the the, the remake because it's, it's kind homage. of like yeah. yeah. I love heist films. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. Those genres. ones are really good too. But anyway, so um, are we talking about this? Or are we moving on? Not the movie, the the weight of gold thing. Okay, keep, Are we just listening? Oh. Keep. Uh, I guess it's not a question. Can. He's just talking about it. Go. Keep going. Keep okay. reading. <laughs> One instance I used was in a GURPS fantasy campaign. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Stu's a little behind. Huh? Well, GURPS, yeah, yes. I had to tap him on the shoulder for that one. <laughs> it's so <still> early. <laughs> it so, is. So details like encumbrance were already there. Yes. Money. Uh... Money weight made for some really hard decisions about what to take when they got treasure. Oh, you said that wrong. It's not just some really hard decisions. It's really oh, hard decisions. Right. Money weight made for some really hard decisions about what to take when they got treasure. This was fun and at times stressful for the players. They would get angsty and fighty over what they should have taken or not. Yeah. Of course they did. Do yeah. we load down the horse and walk Why back problem to make When you know problem have, you don't want to make. I'm sorry, I haven't played it in two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> It's because Eric lo- isn't here to, uh, to cheer you on. <laughs> Do we load down the horse and walk back to civilization? Do we leave some things behind? In fact, we had a character, disadvantage, greed. Greed. In fact, we had a character who had the disadvantage, greed, die due to not being able to leave treasure behind. That's awesome. That is fantastic. I yeah. love that. He went back for more, thinking he had time before the big bads came back. Uh-oh. Yeah. He did not. Kudos to that guy for playing up his disad. Right? Love that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know what else? When you have a, a whole bunch of gold, like a wagon full of gold, other people might want it. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There may be other murder hobos out there with great, who may look at you as monsters. <laughs> with great money comes great responsibility. That's right. right. Yep. So not only do you have to decide we got to bring it back to the town yep. because we got to find something to do with it or get it, you know, buy gems or something that's more compact that we can carry around... We kind of have to make sure that everyone in town doesn't know that we're now the richest people around. <laughs> well, Because once they do, we're going to get a knife in our back. Well, why do, where do you think buried treasure came from? Yeah. Right. It came from people getting a lot of treasure and then going, shit, I don't want people to know that I have this. And they dig it in the ground and then they go back to it every once in a while. When right, they need, right. You know. A place of banks. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's like the, the, um, the duck food box in Sopranos. I didn't watch uh, Sopranos. You ever watch Sopranos? Did they get the duck food box out of a dungeon? They had, they had ducks. <laughs> they had yeah. ducks in their backyard ducks at one point. Pool. And so he bought duck feed because he liked the ducks. And he realized, that's a great place for me to hide all of my cash. So he used to hide all of his cash in the bottom of the duck feed. Maybe thing. that's where the word cash comes from. 
Ah. 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 Um, the other thing I was going to say, because he, he moves on here, but we may want to touch on this, is that most of the MMOs I play have a weight restriction. So I am constantly, like I was playing Fallout 4, I'm constantly giving stuff to all my companions to just turn into pack mules, because you slow down. Um, I was playing The Witcher, or I am playing The Witcher right now. Again, you get full of stuff, you have to make these decisions, like, well... I'm walking at a slow pace now. I'm getting my ass kicked. I better dump a bunch of stuff. So you got to figure out what to dump. Uh, and EQ was famous for that. You would you would get you would get slowed down, and then something would drop on you from out of a tree, and you're dead. So I uh, now did money have weight? Money as had well? weight in EQ. Uh huh. Okay, I didn't. Wow. I, I, I never was and it, that I, successful. And I've been to playing that. that to death. So sometimes <laughs> it's nice not to have to worry about that in an RPG. Right. But it also can be a point of story. And if you find a, a, an actual, like, dragon's horde, and you guys don't want to share... Oh, am I he goes on to that. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. As the story progressed, the group got to where they had the epic final battle with the big bad and all of his badlings. Quests were completed. Dead parents. Oh, so many dead parents. Were avenged. <laughs> Loves were rescued, and lands were made safe. Huzzah! Oh, this is a long one. <laughs> he warned you. We've, oh, yeah, we've, it is. We've you, spent, if you want a break, let me know. We've spent more time digressing on this one, and it's the longest email. <coughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> they killed a lot of people and creatures to get there, and it was well-earned. And the bonus was that sweet, sweet treasure hoard. I purposefully made it a Scrooge McDuck level of money. They saw it, and they wanted it. All of it. And they had earned it. My precious. Yes. My precious. So there it was, all that money, in the middle of the wilderness, a long way from civilization, just the four players, a couple of NPC retainers, and some people they rescued. They had no means to move it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same thing the dwarves had with Smaug. They're like, yeah. uh, yeah. hmm. Well, that was at least in the place that, that they were going to make their home. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there was a town just, you know, downriver that could... Right. They could Where they could spend it. at and spend it, yeah. <laughs> Ruin the economy. <laughs> we had several sessions around just figuring out how to move that hoard of loot without letting the countryside know they had it. <laughs> there you go. Paranoia immediately set in. Could the move it all... Could they move it all before people came looking? People knew where they'd gone, and the final battle was spectacular, so it was obvious they'd won. It was only a matter of time before people came by to investigate and try and scavenge <laughs> their loot. Uh-oh. They thought about going back to the town, but if you get more people, who do you trust? They'd want to steal it. In fact, those NPCs we brought along, what if they talk? Uh-oh. <laughs> if they did hire people to help, what if those people could get a group of buddies and steal the riches? Next, they thought about getting a giant cart with a bunch of oxen. But wouldn't that raise questions? I mean, who buys giant empty carts and teams of oxen unless they're moving something big like treasure? <laughs> the paranoia and analysis paralysis was insidious. <laughs> and best of all, I, the GM, just got to sit back and watch the greed and avarice of the players, <coughs> characters, overtake the party. ha. <laughs> Eventually, they worked it out, but not without a few moments of player hijinks and Rube Goldberg-level planning to get of the course, treasure back to civilization without anyone knowing. Do you remember that episode of Warner Brothers where Daffy Duck and, and Bugs Bunny end up in, like, Aladdin's cave? Yes. Right? In, mine, 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 mine. I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. I'm, I'm socially oh, yeah. secure. I'm a wealthy miser, right? <laughs> yeah. His eyes get really right. big. Every time he sees money, he goes, and he, mm -hmm. he starts to backstab 
bug. That's what I'm seeing through this whole yeah. thing. Is you've got an entire party full of Daffy Ducks. <laughs> well, just wait. So now it's all good, right? Oh, hell no. None of them were of noble blood or had any standing in society. They were, until a few weeks ago, murder hobos with a few <coughs> friends and dead parents. All, all the dead parents. Now they were on par with the nobles of the city. In fact, they were so rich the local lords looked like a pauper by comparison. I'm sure there would be no repercussions from that, <laughs> right? Ah, uh, the nouveau riche, mm -hmm. yes. It's still a problem in England. As soon as they settled, as soon as they got settled and the heroes returned, point, everyone wanted what they had. Point, everyone was their friend. Point, everyone was jealous. Point, everyone thought they deserved a cut of their money. It was hell. One member was promptly granted a barony. He was ecstatic until he realized this came with a marry my daughter clause and a help me fund the local militia clause and so many other let me help you spend your money clauses. Another That's genius. Member, yeah, it totally That's is. genius. Mm -hmm. Another member was promoted in his guild and needed to give money to help the guild better itself, etc. And then there were all those taxes. <laughs> oh, so many taxes. <clears throat> Buried treasure tax. Right. <laughs> oh, there's the stepping across the threshold tax. Right. Uh, there's the uh, used mug tax. Loitering under a street lamp tax. Remember but, the tax collector from Popeye? Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. But you that's owe me an apology. But that's not all. They were beset by thieves, beggars, marriage proposals, parties in their honor, land deals, opportunities <coughs> to fund merchant caravans, and so on and so forth. The party was in a trap worse than any dungeon. Divesting themselves of the money they'd earned, parenthesized, killed other people and took, was out of the questions, of course. They could try fleeing with the money, but there was so much, and it took so long to move the money the first time, and doing it in secret was just out of the question this time. The money became an anchor. Uh, it does have weight. I get this now. He was being <laughs> yep. very clever. Yep. Mm. <clears throat> It may sound like it made them miserable, but it was all, in all fun, and while there were some instances where the players were just like, fuck all this money and fuck this town, <laughs> they got through it. The experience was like any other for them, and in the balance they enjoyed the other side of winning the day. Uh, they now know nothing comes without a price. They had never considered the consequences of winning. That's when most stories end. But for them, it was just the beginning of a whole new adventure. I'd love to have them like ruin the local economy too. Yeah, so like you know, well, a, a chicken costs ten gold pieces now as opposed to you know the, the, the copper it used to cost. Yeah, especially if it's just like a small little village. Right, it's completely ruined. Yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. charging exorbitant prices for basic things because they have they're to. they're bathing with gold pieces yeah. because they've got so many of them. Note: <laughs> This happened in a fantasy game, but it could easily happen in modern game too. Sure, a lot of money is electronic, but what if the characters came upon gold ingots or pallets of cash? You still have to get it converted into something digital. You have to exchange it and or launder it. There's a lot of fun to be had there as well. So was I crazy to put my players through all this? Is this something you'd run or play through, or is this not the murder hobo mission you would sign up for? Ken, Enigma23 on the forums. <coughs> P.S. I've been listening to you all since the early days, in the long, long ago. Back when it was vanilla, I'm sorry, but only recently <laughs> found the time to hop on the forums. I have to say, your forum is an oasis of civility in the internet ocean of what? assholery. <laughs> yeah, not lately. 
Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a little bit of a, some stress going on in one or two of them, but it's compared to some other forums out there, it's still quite civil. Yeah, people still argue points generally. I, like they and they were not like usually. Usually, yeah. Usually. But he also he also adds, "I wish I joined it sooner." There's not Aww. nearly as many trolls on our forums as there have been, but yeah. uh, I think this is a genius idea. I, in fact, I'm always sitting here thinking, like, can I make this into a con game where it's like, all right, you have all the treasure ever. Now what do you do? Mm. I think this is a great final session for a campaign. Oh, so yeah, great. totally. <laughs> it's like, okay, you've got everything you want. And now you're living with it for the I rest mean, of your life. The, the king could ride in and go, well, this was in my land, so this is my treasure. I need to get my money or my cut of it. You know, and he comes in with his, his... I mean, you could have a whole army coming down on you. It'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, I just realized I, I left one me email out. Mm -mm. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> well, you get to read it then. I will, if I can find it. There but, it is. Go, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think this whole weight of money thing and the consequences to having it, that is, it's something that we as players and GMs, because we're old, we don't think about it. So maybe maybe newer people might consider more often, like, I, I, you could certainly see a new player going, does this weigh anything? Um, and then uh, how do I, can I, if, if it's a statue, can, can I going to get a fair market value for it? And it's something you and I would go, <clears throat> I never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we usually, we just say, you just spend it. Hmm. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. There's oh, I had another thought, but I can't remember it now. Because yeah. <laughs> then I realized I forgot an email. Hello, Jackers. Oh, th thank you, Kenigma. That was thought-provoking. Very Good cool. email, yeah. Very awesome. Uh, hello, Happy Jackers. Uh, I have listened faithfully for a long time, but have never had good reason to write in. This time is different. I'm hoping to enlist your help as a shill for a great cause. I have signed on with a gamer group organizing to raise money for the Extra Life charity. That's extra-life.org. Yeah. At the upcoming Carnage Royal Gaming Convention in Killington, Vermont. Is that the real name of the city? Carnage in Killington? Really? <laughs> Carnage in Killington, right? That's why I think, yeah, right? <laughs> That's a fantasy uh, setting, I think, right there. That's what the, If we got to name towns, it would be stuff like that. It totally would be, right? Uh, this coming November 4th through 6th, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. What is Extra Life exactly? It is a 24-hour gaming marathon to support Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Mm -hmm. There will be board games, RPGs, and miniature games all working to raise money for the children. My specific event is Dungeon Crawl Classics tournament-style game where players can take on a role of some poor schlub villager armed with whatever they can pick up on the way out the door in the dead of night to try to rescue the missing children from the clutches of the Black Jester and his minions. Most will die, hopefully not the children, but for those who are victorious prizes and the feeling of supporting a great cause are their rewards. Uh, I've long enjoyed your gaming advice. Uh, many of your of the games you speak about are nearer and dearer to my heart, so anything you can do to get the word out will be most welcome. I'll put your link in the show notes. Yeah. Consider word out. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Extra Life is actually a really great um, organization. They do a lot of different things. You can see them at a lot of different cons. Um, I've been trying to get us to do a 24-hour like gameathon for Happy Jacks for a while too. I've participated in them, but only as a video game player. I've never mm. done mm -hmm. them as so. There's a lot of options there too. If you, it's easier for you to do video games <coughs> for 24 hours, things like that. You can participate, or you can always. Um, like with a lot of other marathons, walkathons, things like that, you can also go to the website, go to their link that they just that will be in the show notes, and you can donate money too if you don't have time to actually participate. I think it's awesome when anyone can do anything for twenty four hours. 
Yeah. I can't. I can't. No, I can't either. Well, you, there you, comes you, there comes a spot yeah. where my body just says, you know what? You're out. Yeah. And I'll crash just For, right there. My thought would be it would be a Happy Jacks team thing. So we'd like tap tag oh, out. And, I'm tap tagging. Yeah. So then you go sleep. <laughs> we have to like Sam and Kimmy to do the midnight to 3 a.m. Right. The rest of us are history. <laughs> oh, my God. We could do like, oh, my gosh. That'd be amazing. The rest of us are so old that oh. we're like, oh, I need to sleep now. I can't do this. Everyone sleeps. So Sam and I just like. Like we devolved to just crafting together and chatting. <laughs> Stu and I happen. get up. They're at the working time in that, that Sam and Kimmy are going to bed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do too. Yeah, four thirty in the morning. I get up at five. Yeah, okay. Oh we my all do. God. I have to be in to work in Irvine yeah. at six. Yeah, whatever. I get there. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. No sympathy to you. No. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Life choices, people. Yep. Life choices. You made the choices. Someday I'll have a kid and I'll be in that boat too. And it's not the kid; fun. it's the job. Yeah, it's the it's the job. Yeah, and you know, speaking of kids, mm-hmm. since the summer started, when I wake up to go to work, they're also the kids are going to bed. They're like, uh-huh. Andrew walks out of his bedroom in the same clothes he had on yesterday. I'm like, have you slept yet? No, I'm going to bed now. No, see, that's that's uh-huh. that ain't right. That's, that's stupid summer vacations my that I don't summer. get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I make my kids. They they go to boys and girls club and they take the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm like, you will be there by ten. Yeah. If you're not there by 10, we're not going to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good plan. Works. Yeah. Which I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Dad, we were totally there. You Let's go to Disneyland. there all right. day. You might want to, like, check ah, the roster. I have the phone. Oh, Do you have the Find My Friends app? You bet so you I do. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've used it to find her phone, too. Yes. I'm no, that's she the loses best. her phone. Like, oh, no, it's at the park I just picked you up at. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so using that next in the vampire game to find out where people are. Yeah. Oh. They have to give you permission to track them. Yeah. Oh, we, don't, we don't need that anymore. We have we have uh, Sam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, where's he? I don't know. He'll, well, he'll be here in like five minutes. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, there's anything else. I think that's it. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Schedule. We probably won't be on for the next two weeks. Next week, are you gonna sure. be able, you're gonna produce next week? Yeah. Okay. I don't know that's, if I'll get the video thing down. Friday night, before. right? No. Uh, is it Friday night? It's, no, it's, it's Saturday Friday. morning. It's Friday. Oh yeah. It's on the schedule. It's Friday. Well, it's her. It's up to her. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. No, you, it's you do another girl's that's only. True. Yeah, you can do it on Saturday if you want. No, to. Friday's good. I'm so jealous of where you're going that you won't be here for that. Baby metal. Yes. And then, uh, if, if then I give you money, would you buy me a shirt? That is a Saturday, right? Um, if you give me money, I'll buy you a shirt. Sure. Rad. I have to have a shirt. Let me just double check something really quick, because I, I really want to make sure the schedule is right. Okay, Are you going to well, do another girls only episode? Can you? Not this, but yeah. Like yeah. Well, why don't episodes. we check? We'll check and we'll post. I want to put and, it here because listeners, the vast majority of our listeners don't go to the forum. Yeah. Um. I actually, I am trying to get another all girls episode together. Um. I actually want to. Uh, I have a couple people I've been asking. I'm going to give the listeners some notice though, so that you can write in specific emails for mm, that episode. Yeah. Because I think that would be a, a cool thing. Um, so, yeah. So, Sam and Gina will probably be there and some other, some those, other people. Those always go over really well. And you haven't done one in a while. Yeah. I, I've only, yeah, I've, I've only ever done the one. Um, but it still resonates and people still like yeah. are asking for more. So, <laughs> exciting. With all of this negative male energy cutting you off and trying to give you advice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super, super <laughs> negative male energy. Especially Tim over there with his giant smiles. I know. I'm, I'm such a negative Nelly. Yeah. Uh, next episode is Friday at eight. Friday at eight. Yeah. Okay. The episode after that will be on the twenty third. That's canceled unless oh, okay. you end up wanting to. Well, do let's that see one. how the first one okay. goes, all right. and then we'll. And then we're back again on the thirtieth. Cool. So, all right, that's it. 
Yay. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. I'm glad to be back. It's been like <laughs> months, I think. Well, listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 17, Episode 7 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. This is Stork. And I'm Tim. So next week on Friday, we think. That's it. All right. See you. Thank you. New song. From Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor. Be a transport exalted. Girls or dungeons and dragons. Hero can find the major savage world. Presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, bum, bum.